Welcome to the Idaho PTA podcast, Voices for Idaho Kids, the podcast that explores ways to support your educational community, paths to bring families and schools together, and options to help Idaho students realize their greatest potential. You know, I've been meeting a lot of people around Idaho, and it's really interesting to see where they're from. Like, did they come from somewhere else? They've Mm -hmm. lived here a long time. What's your story, Kelly? I was born and raised here, born in St. Luke's downtown Boise. Um, I lived here until the day after I turned 18, left for eight years to go explore, went to college, uh, explored America, traveled a bunch, and then came back eight years later. And now we have been here. I've been back since 2012, Mm -hmm. Uh, got married and have a little baby. In total, we have three kids, stepdaughter, adopted son, and my little one. And here we are. Here you are. Yeah. That is the coolest, that you are a part of Idaho PTA, and you were born and raised in Mm -hmm. Idaho in the Idaho education system. Yeah. I I didn't um, think... That, that was probably going to be my path, but when you have kids and you your kids are in the public school system, it definitely uh, sets you on a different path for sure. What about you, though? You're from, speaking of, uh, being from Idaho, tell us your story because you have a really interesting story in your family with Idaho. Yeah, so my husband's family, my kiddos are six-generation Idahoans. Wow, it's amazing. It is really cool. My husband's family came into the Magic Valley area, okay. and the like the original in their family, they helped dig the trenches. They don't call them trenches. What do they call them? Um now my husband's going to listen to this. So he's going to go, it was the, and I can't, I can't think of it now. My mind is like blanked, but it's the canals. Oh, that's right. They dug the canals okay. for all the water for the farmers. Wow. And, that's cool. Mm-hmm, so they were farmers and his, this is one of the coolest stories to me. His grandmother, which was, he, she was raised near the Twin Falls area. Um, she married a guy kind of from around that area too. And then they started a farm together and she was such a hard worker that as they were establishing their own family farm, they lived in a tent out on their farm and she lived with her husband in a tent on that farm. And they, that's how they got their farm going. And I just, to me that like, just like really embodies just like a core value of Idaho, right? Totally. Like that hard work, Mm -hmm. caring for the land, Mm -hmm. caring about family mm-hmm. and being together and working together. Mm-hmm. And so I love that my kids get this experience of being these six-generation Idahoans and having this family history here. It's just like really cool to me. It is super cool. Yeah. Six generation, you don't see that you don't see that all too often. That's really cool. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah. And I was actually just talking to someone else recently, another parent, and she was telling me She's my age, and she was telling me that she's a sixth generation. That means her kids are seven. That's nuts. Yeah, that's really that – It's so cool. And now you're the PTA president of all of Idaho. I mean, what better person to have as a PTA president than have someone who has six-generation children uh, born and raised in Idaho? It's amazing. Oh, thanks. Yes. Yes, it, it is, it's been a definite privilege to serve in this capacity and to get to know so many people around the state of Idaho and now do – this thing with you mm-hmm. that 
I don't think has ever been done before for Idaho PTA. Now, I will say that as I was like digging into the history, that I did see that it's referenced that there was a radio broadcast, but I think that that was in reference to yes. national PTA. Mm-hmm. They had a radio show in the 1940s called The Baxters. Mm. And it was like this group, a family of sorts or something. And they spoke about all sorts of things that PTA was doing and parents and and helping their communities. Yeah, it was the way for them to get the word out, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, Magazines they, and radio broadcast, right. and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so here we are in 2023, and we are some, starting something for Idaho PTA that we've never had before. And this mm-hmm. is such a great way for us to reach our members and other people around Idaho that care about Idaho kids. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Child, so, ad- child advocacy, for sure, I hope. I hope this, if anything, gets the word out about what truly the PTA is about, um, which is child advocacy and and being the voices for our children in Idaho. Yes, and and our our PTA, I mean, our podcast is called Voices for Idaho Kids. Mm-hmm. So this is what Idaho PTA does, and as we have our different episodes, we'll have an opportunity to really talk about what parent our parent groups, our teachers, our members are doing around the state to help Idaho kids and to really be able to highlight those different components and also talk about Idaho PTA and how we're working with state leaders Mm -hmm. to help bring about different components that we really believe need to be highlighted for our kids. Mm -hmm. So today's episode, we... It's the start. It's our very first one. Mm -hmm. So you and I had talked about how we really wanted to talk about the history and the values of Idaho PTA, where we've been, Mm -hmm. where we are now, and where we're going. Mm -hmm. So we have this great resource. I'm like holding it up for everyone that is watching. I understand some people are just listening. This is the, it's a convention booklet from 1955 it's like gold embossed mm-hmm. and i have been like it hold- looks like the golden ticket from willy wonka that's what it looks like <laughs> it's such a good image you're so you're so right yes it does look like the golden ticket and it was the golden jubilee convention that was held in boise and it has some really great history what was it like for you reading some of the history of idaho pta what were some of the things that you pulled out from it I mean, so many, really, but it's fascinating how far back the PTA goes Mm -hmm. in Idaho to the early 1900s. You know, we've the PTA has just been around for so long. And I think reading each decade, the difference of a just membership increase per decade, how much it increased, but really watching just how it started from a small group of women going and getting out in the community and having a magazine and and getting out and talking to people and doing conventions and through each decade watching them um, provide assistance and support to children you know during the depression you you know PTA was in full force during the depression during the war Um, and I think reading when there was you know a lack of paper supply for schools during the war and there was rations and you know all the difficulties that they had during the depression during the war and how the PTA really stepped up and got involved in legislation and got involved in the schools 
and got paper for kids and raised funds for, um, you know, kids that needed it to graduate. Um, so I, I think that really hit me as far as um, the history of the importance of the part Idaho PTA has played in our history for children for so long. Um, and then also how involved the PTA is with legislation. You know, I think we, reading the history, it started out with the women getting involved in government to make change in Idaho for children through the government. And I think that got has gotten lost throughout the years. So reading that history of how that started, how they continued it through the years, up until now, you know, we're still really involved with legislation and the number one, you know, child advocacy group in Idaho. Um, so seeing the history from the early 1900s and watching it grow into what we have now, it was just, I mean, it's fascinating, truly. What was your, what was your, that was a long take, but I what was your it. take? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Clearly got a lot out of it. Everybody should read it. It's great. <laughs> Awesome. It's really, it's really fantastic. Um, for, so first of all, one of the things I thought about was this type of document is no good to us if we don't have people who are able to access it. So yeah. Idaho PTA has just totally, re- we've revamped our website and we want it to be a great resource for for people around Idaho. And so one of the things I thought about with this booklet was we need to get this content up on our website so that people can see it if they want to, mm-hmm. right? Um, I started out in history and geography teaching education, like history education, ge- uh, geography teaching education. And so I love history, maybe more than the average person, right? You tell someone and they're like, oh, okay, right? <laughs> and so when I read it, it really One of the things that I thought about, I saw a statement in one of the old documents from Idaho PTA that said it was from Winston Churchill. And for people who don't know, Winston Churchill was the prime minister of Great Britain during World War II and after. Mm -hmm. And the prime minister, that would be like equivalent to the president of the United States. See how my teacher stuff comes out? I'm like, Mm -hmm. let me give you these little (laughs) snippets here along the way. I cannot help myself. Um, And so he said that the farther back you look, the farther ahead you are likely to see. Mm. And that's profound because as we understand where Idaho PTA has been, we can see where we're going to go and understand those components of our roots to be able to have a understand being tethered to that mission so that we can go forward in an intentional and purposeful way. Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. right? These these roots that are focused on uh, a mission of advocacy for our Idaho children. And so things that really struck me were, you know, the National Congress of Mothers, which is now referred to as National PTA, was started in 1897. Mm -hmm. And these women were very intentional about bringing different components into the education process for kids that were going to be beneficial for them. So for example, PTA helped start the school lunch program. Mm -hmm. We may have it, you know, I like to think that we have it today because of PTA. We have free kindergarten because of PTA. Mm -hmm. And there are different components in this book that talk about even getting first grade for free for 
for for all kids. And so the Idaho group was started in 1905. So in September of 1905, they had their very first meeting. And it was initially they were the they were called mother circles, Mm -hmm. where women were getting together around the state. And they had their very first meeting in September of 1905 in Nampa. And what I think is significant is that there were they sent these mother circles sent delegates from their circles to this very first meeting. And this is where all of the delegates came from. This was profound to me. Idaho Falls, Moscow, Payette, Nampa, Caldwell, Mountain Home, Weezer, St. Anthony, mm-hmm. Hot Springs, Blackfoot, Wallace, and Lewiston all came to Nampa. It wasn't like they had to drive a mile. Right. These We're talking went- 1905. Yes. I mean, they might have been on a horse. Yes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they tra- could have been horse and buggy coming from Lewiston. <laughs> yes. It took them a long time to get here. And so what that tells me is these, that these women were so connected mm-hmm. to their purpose. They cared deeply about what they were doing in their communities. And so from these mother circles, Idaho PTA began. And they didn't call it Idaho PTA back then. They called it the Idaho Congress of Mothers. Mm-hmm. And then over the decades, they incorporated teachers and fathers mm-hmm. and we were kind of laughing earlier about this idea that mothers just had this group first and we didn't include it fathers. Was, yeah i mean it was an all women's group for sure and then they were like man eh, we might as well open it up to the men <laughs> we'll give them a vote yeah and i love it yeah mm-hmm. it was about you know it was a little bit more than 10 years into their organization mm-hmm. they had they had an intentional process of having father's nights with the students like with the kids which kudos to them for recognizing so early how important the fathers were in this mission i think i mean only 10 years in even that early being you know typically that was the mother's role still was very stay at home cook it you know the whole thing so i think to have fathers involved at that point in time was very ahead of their time to include men in the parental figure of getting involved, mm-hmm. I think was just brilliant on their part. On their part, yes, yes. I and it, you know, like to this idea of like inclusivity, yes. right? Just being very <clears throat> inclusive of mm-hmm. fathers and recognizing that they we need, need both. Yes, we need both. And so that was then in the 19 teens, they switched over to the Idaho Congress of Parents and Teachers, mm-hmm. and so that's where we get. Idaho PTA from that's where the like it's actually a nickname and it was interesting because when I went to go do some bank documents to get my name on there Mm -hmm. they said well I was like can I just write Idaho PTA and the the um the woman who was helping us the manager at the credit union said oh yeah yeah that should be fine and we did that and then she came back and she said actually you have to write the Idaho Congress of Parents and Teachers because that's your official name. Idaho Congress of Parents and Teachers. I love it. Yes. And to me, that really just like emphasizes the role that we play mm-hmm. in the state at our local and, you know, region and state level. Mm-hmm. And also the the incredible breadth of length of time of Idaho PTA. 
that we've been around since 1905. So September, we just marked our 118th anniversary of Idaho PTA. Absolutely amazing. So we received the distinction of being the oldest child advocacy group in the state of Idaho. It's amazing. It is amazing. And it's awesome that we get to have that distinction. And then I was actually recently just talking to the Idaho um, Nonprofit Center, and I was speaking to the CEO. And I said, I also think we're the largest child advocacy group in the state of Idaho. And he confirmed, he's like, yes, I think you're right. And so we get to have the distinction of being the oldest and largest child advocacy group in the state of Idaho. And what what makes us the largest? It's our, would you say our members? It's our members. It's so, the amount of people that are a part of the association. Mm-hmm. So we have the largest members for child advocacy in Idaho. Mm-hmm. How many, do you know how many members we have in Idaho? Yeah, it's about every year we start over. And so um, we're sitting between, like, I think about 6,000. I think we're sitting at about 6,000 members. It In the 1950s, we had almost 50,000 members. I saw that. It was like 46,000 or something. Mm-hmm. So we had that. And then uh, it peaked. And then it started to decline for different reasons. And part of it was we're going to talk about it at another episode, kind of the distinction between a parent-teacher association, that's what we are, and a parent-teacher organization and a Mm -hmm. booster group. There kind of started to be a breaking off of that. And what I think is interesting about that actually is that, yes, there is value in doing what works for you on a local level. Idaho is very, it's part of like Idaho core value, I almost feel like, right? What do you need most at your local level? But a part of that, I think, too, was the breaking up of the parent groups and removing their strength mm. in their numbers and being mm-hmm. together. And so that's actually something that we're working on is to bring all parents together, that that's part of where we're going is that we want to have this partnership with all parents Mm -hmm. because when you look at when I meet the parents around Idaho they care about their kids and their communities Mm -hmm. it's not just their kid that they care about they care about other kids and that was actually something that one of the founders of PTA shared was that the truest way in which we can help our children is to love the children that belong to other people I love that and that that translates to so many areas in life to look at not just your own children, but your neighbor's children and other people's children. And, and, you know, we're all in this together. Um, Speaking of, you said something about kind of how it started in the beginning. And one of my questions for you is what do you feel like after reading the history was the original intention and goal of the PTA being started? That's a good question. When I look at the the coming together, to me, the coming together was about the welfare of children. It was about coming together as parents, teachers, community members to have a voice for our kids and to make sure that their needs are met in different areas. So for example, when I looked back at some of the different components really early on between 1915 and 1925, 
they were focused on the welfare for mothers with children, like mm-hmm. single moms, making sure that they had their needs met. They were focused on health issues for kids. So think immunizations mm-hmm. during that time period. Yeah. Right now in 2023, it's very common for us to have our doctor's office call us and say, hey, your child needs their well check, mm-hmm. right? And we have these markers all along the way. Well, these mothers and these parent groups were one of the reasons that we have that today. Mm-hmm. And then they were also focused on educating their members on different topics that were relevant for them at that time period. So during that time period, that would have been home gardening, It would have been school fairs, father's nights, and there were a lot of juvenile issues and court experiences. So these these members, these PTA members, were advocating for juveniles within the court system because they didn't feel like the processes were fair for them and that they were considering all of their their different needs. Mm -hmm. And so what that tells me is these mothers and teachers and fathers, right? So these parents were clued in on what was needed during that time period. Mm-hmm. And we see that today, right? We see different, I mean, there's a, there are lots of associations around the state who are working to bring awareness to their members about safety around cell phone use Mm -hmm. and what type of social media is out there is actually one of the when I attended one of my very first conventions for the state it was down it was here in the Boise area the Idaho PTA invited Officer Gomez to the stage and he shared this amazing presentation about what's on social media where are kids right now? Where are they spending their time? And these are red flags for parents to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And Officer Gomez was just kind of getting, he had already had a lot of traction in what he was doing. And this was like back in 2016, 2017. And now he is a huge voice around Idaho for social media awareness for parents and what to be, and, and other markers for parents to be aware of. So it's interesting to me that he has really become a voice in that area, and Idaho PTA had him pretty early on to let their members know about what was going on. Mm -hmm. So that was something that, like, like as a marker, like just, I just think that that connection to the past and present for us now is, but what about you? Well, I mean, kind of to, to go piggyback off of what you were saying, it feels just to summarize what you were saying. I think that so what you're saying is the goal of what you feel like started with the PTA was to address the current needs of children uh, in the current state that we're in, their current needs, and then also to inform parents and keep parents informed, and then to advocate for injustice for children. Um, is that what you would surmise? Would yeah. Be your... Great summary. Thank you for capturing No, I, all d- I just want to make sure that's, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think um, what I saw, what I've seen at least, and I'm rather new to the PTA, which you will find, you know, kids grow up, so new people come in. Um, mine's little, so I'm kind of starting out 
and it's been fascinating being from that point because I've been able to really absorb like a little sponge everything and ask all these questions. And I think what I saw originally, um, like I kind of mentioned, was how involved in the government the PTA was. I mean, you even mentioning getting involved in juvenile court. That's getting involved in the government. That's advocating for these children with the government, with the court system, um, you know, advocating for when they when they had to go in for health checks and start that, they had to go to the government to get that approved. That wasn't just something, you know, they were like, hey, I'm going to go talk to the principal and now we're going to have help. No, they had to go through in a process of fighting, of lobbying, of, you know, getting in there with the government. So I think for me, it was, it's just been a huge takeaway of, yes, I think the PTA helps schools currently with you know, funding and things like that. But the main goal of what I saw from the PTA is to get the information out to the parents of what is happening in our government with schools and with children, but to also get the parents involved in the government for what they feel is important and to be the voice of the parents, but educating the parents on what is actually happening. Um, you know, back then it was, we needed health checks. So they educated parents on why we needed health checks in schools, why we needed the immunizations, you know, all these reasons. And they went to parents and educated them. So I, I, for me, the PTA is, it's educating parents. Um, it's protecting the children. And sometimes the government doesn't always have that pulse on our schools and on our children. And so I think being that voice for parents and children with, our leadership um, and the state, um, but vice versa, helping the state communicate with the parents mm-hmm. and the same token, because that can, I think, can get lost with, oh, it's politics or the news or whatever. And so being on the ground and getting in those PTA meetings, I mean, we have an amazing group of women and men in PTA meetings that we meet every month, and it's an amazing platform to get information out and to say, like, this is what's happening in our government right now. This is what we need to push for. If school lunches, same thing. You had to go through the government for that. All of this is leadership, going to leadership and getting involved in your state and getting involved in your politics mm-hmm. to get things changed. So for me, that was my big takeaway. Um, and push, you know, having the PTA talk to the principals, to talk to the district, to get more money for our schools. Um, putting pressure on the state to give more money to schools, more support to schools. Um, that's to me what PTA is advocating for these kids. Um, yeah, that's my that was my really long take. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, and you bring up a good point too that when we're talking about Idaho PTA and we're talking about our our units, we have a structure mm-hmm. that that exists within our system. Basically, that means that we have local units that can be at a school, like Mm -hmm. we mostly see, but they can also be community PTAs. So you get together for a main purpose. We are seeing some pop up for students with special needs. Mm -hmm. And then we're also seeing some PTAs pop up with several schools within their district. We see this over in Shelley, Idaho. They've got a school structure over there where they have a couple of grades in elementary school in different schools. So maybe like a, not exactly 100%, but it's like K through one, I think, then two, three, then four, five. Mm. So they've got different elementary schools 
per grades, right? So different schools per grades. And so instead of saying, hey, let's have, their, you know, let's do a PTA in all of these individual schools, we're going to do one PTA for all of the schools. Mm. So technically, it's a community PTA. I love that. Yeah. And actually, that model is working really well over there. Mm -hmm. And they're so large that they are going to need to separate out because they're doing so well with that model, which I love. love It's very innovative and meeting their needs in their community. So we've got these local units and these local units focus on what is important to them. And then we have region directors around the state based on the regions, right? And these regions were actually initially patterned after the Idaho Education Association regions because the IEA and the Idaho PTA were very much linked in terms of Mm -hmm. advocating for kids and for the needs within schools. What is the IEA? The Idaho Education Association. So they, and actually Idaho PTA had an office in the IEA building for a really long time. We don't anymore. We're somewhere else. But for a long time, that was there. And then if, um, so those region directors, they help the local units with, you know, meeting their needs and helping them with their different structure and also keeping them connected Mm -hmm. to what's happening on the state level. So then we have our state level, our board which is our executive board. That's where we have our president, our president-elect. We have someone that focuses on membership, someone that focuses on advocacy, and then our treasurer and secretary. And what we do in Idaho is that to fulfill, to have a, our entire board is then made up of all of our region directors that come to the state board. Mm -hmm. And so the state board, we're not focused on one specific area we're focused on the entire state Mm -hmm. and we are the ones who are interacting with our state leaders so it's a very organized way to do it and then we share information out to all of our local units and they can do what they want with that information Mm -hmm. we don't tell them how to use it right but we want them to be informed and so a lot of times PTAs they are focused on if something happens in their school district or there's or they know they need something PTA members are often deployed to help raise awareness around an issue Mm -hmm. or to get people out to vote Mm -hmm. they're often involved in these components on their local level and they do a really good job in sharing this information with their members and now with 20 and it being 2023 well 2024 Mm -hmm. it being 2024 we are using we're working this on the state level we're working to integrate more inform uh what's that called we're working to integrate more Uh, media sources to be able to share this information out in a more seamless like streamlined fashion such as this podcast such as this podcast yes exactly (laughs) so we have the region I love that you're explaining this because I think a lot of people actually don't know this we have your local local unit then you have your region directors you have your state board region directors are part of the state board you have your executive board at the state level but then you have what's the next level on top of up from that. Yeah. So then we have national PTA. Mm-hmm. And this is something that's a little bit confusing, particularly to our legislators, who when we stand before them on our advocacy day, 
Some of them are a little bit confused and they think that National PTA tells us what to do because here in Idaho, we don't like to be told what to do, right? I love that you're bringing this up. Yes. (laughs) We don't like to be told what to do. And so some of our state legislators are under the impression that Idaho PTA is controlled by National PTA and that we have to do what they say. And some of our state legislators don't want the federal government impinging upon our rights as Idahoans. And I fully love and embrace that idea. Mm -hmm. I'm not knocking that idea. But the so it makes Idaho special. Yeah, right. But the but the inaccuracy in that thought is that national PTA telling Idaho PTA what to do. National PTA does not tell Idaho PTA what to do. Idaho PTA is its own Congress of parents and teachers. Mm-hmm. We are affiliated with the national PTA, but we are not under their umbrella of control. So we get to determine what our priorities are, what we focus on, and how we move forward and do what is best for Idaho kids. Mm -hmm. The benefit of being affiliated with National PTA is that National PTA has its own executive board. They have an executive board that has those roles of president, you know, president-elect, vice president, all those different components, advocacy, membership. They also have a board of directors, and all of these people are voted in to Mm -hmm. these roles by the membership. And National PTA also has paid employees. Mm-hmm. So they have enough funding to be able to have that. And it really works to their advantage to have paid membership, just like mm-hmm. any other nonprofit, right? Idaho, Idaho PTA is a nonprofit. And those people on that national level are working with national leaders, legislators, to get different components on that national level for all kids in the United States. And so just recently, actually, it was a really big deal. There was on the, it was like not quite on the chopping block, but it was being considered to cut major funding for Title I schools. Mm -hmm. That would have been extremely detrimental for Idaho. Mm -hmm. And so what was great was National PTA was advocating to keep funding for Title I schools. Mm -hmm. And we were made aware of this and we were told like just put a pin in this because you might have we might have a fight ahead Mm -hmm. and the great news is that we don't that that is going to stay in the funding and uh, title one schools are going to be just fine in terms of their funding yeah the government listened i mean the pta fought really hard for that Mm -hmm. and we stirred up enough ruckus with our officials for them to to pause yes and say maybe we shouldn't be doing this. I mean, that if that doesn't show the influence of the PTA, I mean, it was it was a ton of money mm-hmm. that they were cutting. It yes. was not a small amount. No. And so that is one benefit of being affiliated, right? There is power in an organization. Mm-hmm. And what is really cool to me also, just like one other component, is that National PTA receives lots of funding from different businesses right corporations around the nation and so what they do is they offer grants to local units and so a lot Mm -hmm. of idaho local units over the years have been recipients of those grants when i was a local unit president in lewiston i applied for four grants and got three amazing yeah during my tenure as president and so that was money that was coming into lewiston at my Whitman Elementary School. Mm -hmm. And the opportunities that were brought to those kids was super fantastic. The other thing that I would just say is that there is, the other awesome thing about PTA is that 
we are a large organization, right? We have our state association organization here. We're connected on this national level, but we are a grassroots organization mm-hmm. at our core. That's where we began. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we will kind of always sit as well. And so I think that that's something that a lot of people in Idaho can connect with, mm-hmm. that we really do like these grassroots organizations. We're connected on that local, on our local level, in our communities, both urban and rural. And that we really care about what's going on throughout the entire state, that we have that pulse mm-hmm. of what's happening so that we can talk with people and then we can make our voices known on the state level. I use my hands all the time. Sorry. (laughs) I'm like talking for anyone that's like watching. Um, Make our voices known on that state level. So I I think something you brought up was really interesting about how Idaho is its own. We're we're, we're our own entity. We have our own um, initiatives and goals. But I think what's great from from a, the national level with the PTA, with the grants, with all that, but we have so much support for the bylaws and keeping things organized. And there's something to be said with having structure and organization. Um, and, you know, there's this – I think there's a funny stigma around PTA and, like, PTA moms. and But, I mean, any corporation and anything that runs well, you have th- – it's organized – you know, it, you have your bylaws. We have things that are in place to protect not only us, but then to really protect the children and the money that's coming in and how it's operating from a national level, I think is really amazing to have that kind of um, legal support, honestly, um, and checks and balances throughout and in a process and procedure of order and how things are run. So it's not just a mess when you walk in there and, you know, everybody's up in an uproar talking there's order and it's organized um and i love that the other thing that i think is cool is even though the the national pti i know this specific year um what they were focused on what we have been focused on was with school lunches throughout america in the summer idaho already has that um but what's great is they have their initiatives that we can piggyback on and thankfully the idaho P- national pta has some really great initiatives that Idaho is, we are concerned about safety in schools, food, health, safety of the children, um, the kids in school. So I think it's awesome we have a choice that we are a part of an organization with the National PTA that they actually are advocating for things that are important. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you know, things that we're like, oh my gosh, no. They have a pulse on what needs to happen. They have a pulse on on the areas and the rural areas and the urban areas of America. It's not just we're just Idaho, but in America having a pulse. They have statistics about kids in each school. I mean, there's just such a pulse in each state of the actual schools that are going on enough for the national PTA to have these initiatives, Mm -hmm. to know that these are the initiatives that need to happen. So, yes, we are our own entity, but I'm so thankful that our national PTA has enough of a pulse on our – country to have great initiatives for us to join in on yes and they have that pulse because we have ptas around the nation right there are ptas in every every state state. Mm -hmm. and there are just like varying levels of i would say varying levels of numbers of people within those ptas so some states have lots of membership like 
way i mean right just down to our south we've got utah pta and they've got about seventy-five thousand members love it yeah they've got lots you know but utah also has quite a larger population population than idaho does Mm -hmm. yeah and so one of the things that i'm hoping is that like gosh when we talk about like okay we've talked about where we came from Mm -hmm. you know who we are and where we are going we as an organization it's really important for us to say hey we want to create partnerships with all parents Mm -hmm. that we're not just an associate like for the longest time and i think that there was benefit for somebody and i'm not quite sure who but there was benefit for somebody to say hey let's bring up these parent groups let's not make them organized anymore and when we have disorganization of parent groups then we weaken parent groups of chaos of chaos yeah mm-hmm. i mean to your point like the reason corporations other nonprofits have bylaws and rules is to keep them organized and safe mm-hmm And so we want to bring all of these parent voices together to help make our voices stronger. And we have a podcast coming up about our advocacy day. And I'm really excited to share that conversation with everyone because we're really going to be talking about why we need parent voices to come together. Mm -hmm. And As we move forward with Idaho PTA, it's also about connecting, just like we did before, connecting information to our members. Mm -hmm. And we've got some really great ways that we're doing that too. So in being innovative with this process. And one of the coolest things, you and I were just involved in this training. We all have to do a little bit of training, which I think is really valuable. I'm a I mean, I got my master's in some of this work just about professional development. We just had a training with National PTA on a Zoom call. And one of the things that I heard from this national representative in this training was that Idaho PTA is very innovative Mm -hmm. and that we are a cohesive group like this, our board, Mm -hmm. and that we are working to connect with all of our members and our mission and moving forward in a way that I think a lot of other states are not doing yet. Mm-hmm. And that is cool to me. I love hearing from other people about how an organization in Idaho is being innovative. Mm-hmm. What like did you hear was that like was that something you took away from the conversation with her? I thought it was really great how um she seemed taken aback by how cohesive and organized we are and our general attitude I think um I think everyone on our board and I truly mean everyone I'm not exaggerating here it comes from a place of help and service and what can I do to help and what can I do to make this better um and not from a and I remember you and I had this conversation which translates into this national Uh, representative I think feeling this you and I have the conversation when I first became region director um, about my role as a region director and I was over here going oh my gosh am I gonna have to be the bad cop am I gonna have to come in and you need to do this and you were like no 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 no. you don't have to do any of that it is about support one and I was like this is amazing there's no bad cop there's no anybody coming in you have to do this it is one it was a hundred percent come in. What can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I serve? What do you need? And I think 
that was felt on a national level because everyone and you've really created that Alexis to your your um testament it's you've created an environment of serving and helping and you're we're not coming in here to to um be the bad cop or lay down the hammer and you have to do it this way and no it's let's be inclusive and collaborate and help each other and serve each other so i think that was the organization with that attitude i think really blew her away honestly mm-hmm. i think she was taken aback because it's, it isn't like that everywhere from what it sounded like Mm-mm. but we in idaho and, and and another reason for people to join us is because it is not this rigid hardcore people are all it is a inclusive love fest of we love children we love idaho what can we do to help yeah I love that. And it's this, I think for me, it's this idea that when I walk into a room, I think everybody knows something that I don't. Mm. And that that is really true with Idaho parents and teachers. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows something that we don't. And it's really important for us to get these voices at the table Mm -hmm. and work to collaborate with each other. And collaboration is intentional work together. Mm -hmm. It's not sitting at the table talking at each other. It's about sitting at the table talking with each other, working to solve problems, Mm -hmm. to have this intentional work in front of us so that we can move forward together. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've really observed when I am talking with our members are that One, they really do value these bylaws and rules that we have because it helps them understand how to use their structure in a way that's going to help them be successful. Mm -hmm. And then also I would say that we have have like a great work to do. Mm -hmm. And when I speak with state leaders, they have been, you know, through COVID, through some of the years with Idaho PTA uh, membership falling over the years because of different parent ways to structure parent groups. And then also just there were just some different things that happened with the association. Um, I feel like one of the things that I'm hearing from leaders are that they've been waiting for parents to come to the table. Wow. And they want us there. And as a matter of fact, they don't just want us there, they need us there. Mm-hmm. And I would say any state leader who does not want a parent there, well, that's a red flag. Right. That's a major red flag. And that it's really important for us to come together as parents and as teachers to advocate for our kids, to speak up for them, because our mission is to make every child's potential a reality by engaging and empowering families and communities to advocate for our kids, to advocate for Idaho kids. And that's that's what I feel like our state board is clued into, that we've understood what our own individual values are Mm -hmm. and how our individual values connect with this mission. And what I am experiencing around the state is that our PTA leaders are clued in on what their personal values are and how those values connect with their mission and how they can make their school communities an even better place for our kids. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I love that. Yeah. I mean, there you have it. That's that is the moving forward. That is our PTA mission statement for yeah. moving forward. And you know, I love that we've you know started from the beginning of where we've been and kind of ending it on now where we're going forward. Yeah, we're doing it together, Kelly. I love it. Awesome. 